Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Hey guys! Hey! Good morning. I want to know what everybody's beverage of choice is this morning. Oh, well, mine is Ollie Pop Classic Root Beer. But if you know me at all, there's never just one beverage. <laughs> and so I'm also drinking. Oh, what is this you say? <laughs> Your Hillary 2016 mug. <laughs> I'm also drinking coffee. I love that image of her. She looks like a badass. I'm sure a lot of people were like, Hillary, are you kidding me? Yeah, totally. Whatever. Sarah, what are you <laughs> drinking this morning? Well, I kind of am upset that you said this morning. Oh. Because now all I want to show you is this old bottle of water that's been sitting here has condensation on it. Which is clearly not what you're drinking. I've already started drinking this. It's not really. I mean, it's 11.33 a.m. So let me clarify morning. It's pretty good. The Stella Artois Cidre. Cider. Good evening, mesdames et messieurs. It has come to my attention that there is word on the street that Stella Artois is about to launch a cider. No, 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 no. Stella Artois is launching a cider. Not cider. Cider. For gentlemen and women, we can appreciate a sophisticated drink made with apples on the continent. But a refreshing. Oh, and not her. C'est cidre, not cider. From Stella Artois. Bonsoir. So is it like a beer or like a malt? It's definitely a cider, but it does have some beer flavor to it. So it's not just like huh. drinking sweet apple juice, carbonated apple juice, right? That stuff is good. I'm sorry to say, but I also have armed myself with a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. That's a large pour too. Like that is not like if you're at a restaurant and somebody's like, would you like three ounces six or nine i want to be like 12 please please. (laughs) if i have chosen to drink wine i am not going to be like i just you know what three i just want a shot glass full of wine yeah exactly that is so stupid like any restaurant that has that it makes me want to like as soon as i see the menu it makes me want to slam my hands down on the table stand up and like rip the menu in shreds and go this is bullshit like it's absolute bullshit like why why would you want only three ounces of wine or whatever for that matter are you gonna give me 12 three ounces of wine Exactly. If that's the case. I want a flight. I want exactly. a flight of wine. If each one of them are three ounces, great. Mm-hmm. And then I want a pour of my favorite that is nine ounces. That's exactly right, man. Let's go do that. I'm not even a wine drinker, and I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if I if I'm if I'm here, I want the big jug of lug. I mean, we're Americans. <laughs> we make we make those giant insulated cups for truckers. That my grandmother used to drink whiskey out of. What do you <laughs> I think love that we want? Story. I love that story. That's amazing. So my beverage of choice this morning is I am having a mimosa. Mm. Oh, I like your flute that you're drinking out of. Thank you. Sarah, can you put a flute sound in here if you don't mind? <laughs> yeah, right here. 
Kat, I love your shirt. Oh, thank you. I love my shirt too. It's my favorite color, like periwinkle. It's a Be Your Own Snowman shirt from the Cat and Moose Podcast merch store. It reminds me of what's happening outside right now. Yes. It is. What's going on outside right now, producer Sarah? Can I share a video with our patrons and you? Patrons? Patrons? Hey, can can kind of like the cider spelled funny? Can we call them this way we don't get mixed up with patrons and Patreon. We can call them Patreones. Patreones. Well, here's... So right now it is snowing like crazy. And it's so beautiful. And the snowflakes are massive. So just a few minutes ago before we started recording, I ran outside and did this little video. Me and my dog. Vinny, who is in the background of your... Oh, Vin. Here it comes. I mean, look at those snowflakes. Just beautiful. Here comes Vinny. I think we have dial-up internet. I know, something's going on here. We're back to the AOL days. (laughs) Vinny is hilarious. I would like to compliment, Sarah, um, what you have going on over there in what is known as the Cat's Lane Waterway. Um, yes. I think that that I, I'm seeing bushes, I'm seeing rocks, I'm seeing a, a Buddha statue. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. it is really incredible how you have um, taken something, taken something that has been a real pain in your ass and made it something really artistic and beautiful. Can you just share a little bit about that? Because I'm really impressed with it. So, yeah. So this is, uh, this, this side of the yard has become a massive problem for me because the house to, uh, I guess just beyond this fence is up a little higher and their water runoff drains into this yard. And then so does, the water run off in our yard and so it all just collects and turns this into a muddy mess and then of course the dogs make it even muddier mess and all that anyway so i um we recently had a deck put in and there were some rocks around that also trying to help with the same issue and i repurposed them to this side of the yard and just kind of utilized the the space uh, I guess that that was already irrigating you know and so it's helping keep the grass green now and um, well, and plus it's this little like Zen waterway type thing, like yeah. right there in your own backyard. It's like you have this right. peaceful thing where you've taken something that that has been really troublesome for you and made it into something beautiful. It just feels very um, transmutated, transformable. Ooh. I like it. I feel the same. That driftwood was stolen from California. Right. If that if that helps um (laughs) but here's the thing it wasn't stolen like out of a forest so nobody worry it was just abandoned at a campsite Uh, and somebody i think somebody else had found it on the beach and left it um decided they couldn't fit it in their stuff and left it on the picnic table that we were camping in and uh it was like a gold golden goose Wait, what? Yeah, a golden egg. It was a very cool thing to find. Well, and yeah. I'm just glad to That's know really that cool. you're not chopping down trees in the rainforest because <laughs> that is way, not. I'm in like the national park chopping down trees. I'm like the guy on the side of the road on I-24 just carrying an axe around. <laughs> okay, so um, I am weirdly um, a 
I, I don't want to use the word obsessed because I just started reading this book, the adult children of alcoholics, like guidebook type thing. And one of the behaviors that is on the laundry list of you might have grown up in a dysfunctional family if is that you have obsessive behavior. And I really don't want that to be pointed out to me, but I realize I do have really obsessive behavior. And one of the things that I'm kind of obsessed with is supporting greenways of Nashville. And so the city of Nashville has built these beautiful, uh, what they call greenways. And they're just like walking parks. They're like places where you can walk, you can ride your bike, you can walk your dog, you can jog, you can do whatever. And, um, and so I've been supporting greenways of Nashville by writing a check every year at the end of the year. Well, last year I wrote my check for a hundred dollars and I got a free bandana and I thought that I had arrived when that thing arrived in my mailbox. I was like, <laughs> I have a greenways for Nashville bandana. And I like keep it in my purse and use it as like a, a handkerchief. So anyway, um, this year I decided I'm going to up the ante a little bit. And instead of doing it anonymously or doing it in my name, I decided to do it in the name of the cat and moose podcast. And wow. the most delightful thing happened. Not only did the Cat and Moose podcast donate to something that's really beautiful and nonprofit here in Nashville that is encouraging people to get out in nature and walk around and all of that, but listen to what kind of response we got to our donation. Good morning. This is Kathy Carolini at Greenways for Nashville. I'm calling to quickly thank you for your generous donation. Uh, and we wanted you to know that we appreciate it very much. I just went on to the podcast to listen to Goulash and Little Wieners <laughs> and enjoyed it tremendously. So, again, thank you for both. We appreciate it. Bye now. How did I miss that voicemail that came in? Did it come on the hotline? It did. It came in on the hotline, which again, to my obsessive behavior, I'm obsessed with. Like when we get a new message, everything in my life stops and I go and yeah. listen or read like right then and there. So when this happened, I freaked the f out. Like I was so excited. Okay. There's so much we have to unpack here. First of all, how much do I owe you? And is this your way of telling me I need to Venmo you? <laughs> no, I did this on behalf of the Cat and Moose podcast out of my <laughs> business account because we have not set up Cat and Moose as a business yet, which I am working on. I know you are. So no, you do not owe me any money. Our generous patrons have given to us and we are then therefore giving to That's Greenways right, yes. of Nashville. Nice. And we have a new friend that is listening to the podcast named Kathy Perlini. And do you know what her title is at Greenways for Nashville? Probably queen of the forest. Pretty much. <laughs> she is the community relations and development manager. Like we have wow. like the most badass of badassery listening cool. to the podcast. And so of course I had to go stalk her and I found out that for several years she ran the Susan G. Komen breast cancer foundation, Nashville chapter, like right here out of Nashville. This woman is a badass no way. and is listening to our podcast. Thank Thanks to our lovely donation. And Kathy, we just want to say thank you for calling in yeah. and thank you for the intentionality, like that you would receive our donation, which was not much and not only call and thank us for it, but then also go and listen to an episode of the podcast. Like you're kind of awesome. 
You are awesome. I, I need to say a few things here, though. The fact that we... that we do a podcast that requires someone to leave the phrase goulash and little wieners (laughs) on a voicemail is incredible. And I'm so proud of that. Number two, these are how my thoughts went. This woman is amazing. Wow. She said the phrase little wieners on our voicemail, which makes me so proud of what we do. (laughs) Third. Oh my God, this is why there's so many different kinds of people in this world because I would hate a job that I had to call people (laughs) (laughs) and, and like, you know what I mean? And say, thank you. Like that would mean people might answer, you know what I mean? Which is a scary thing. So, wow. Kudos to you, Kathy. And then when you told me about the Susan G. Komen, I was like, that's insane. Like what a cool human being. So Kathy, you are awesome. If you become a regular listener, Let's interview. I think it would be so cool to interview her and hear about her experiences. And um, just it, it looks like she's worked in philanthropy for a lot of her life and just seems like a really, really cool lady. So I had a lot of fun being like affirmed for like the cool thing that I did at the end of the year last year. And we got like props from one of my favorite organizations in Nashville. So cool. It made me really, really happy. I want to share something about, um, you know, we talk about how much we love being outside and greenways and forest bathing. And I saw this on the Instagrams this week and it just really spoke to my soul and I wanted to share it, especially with our patrons. So this guy, his name is Lance USA 70. And he... (laughs) And I feel like he understands my sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) And here's what he said. God, I love a good walk. Look at all those trees. Man, is that a pine cone? Hell yeah. Gonna awkwardly nod at passing strangers? Don't mind if I do. Nothing like some fresh air. (laughs) We love you, Lance USA 70. Like, you are clearly our people. (laughs) But my favorite thing are some of these comments. Like, he... So this person, Harto, uh, was the one that actually posted it as a repost of Lance's. And they said, yes, where are my fellow walkers at? <laughs> and then this other person wrote, I walk daily and I love every minute of it. And then someone wrote in, hell yeah, pine cones. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like all these people just like, amen, like, woohoo. And I'm like, I, I think this is like what I enjoy doing now that I'm getting older is seeing people get excited about being outside. Oh, speaking of one more thing, Kat, and then the podcast is all yours. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sarah and I and 84 animals went camping for a couple days this weekend. And, um, and I have, you know how I, I brought up my Christmas tip where when people criticize things, you just say, thank Thank you. you. Yes. My mother has adopted that like full force. It's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. So, um, I've been working on my anger and by working on it, I've been practicing it. That's what that means. Um, (laughs) if you are an Enneagram follower, Enneagram eights, we, um, are very comfortable with our anger. It feels like a soft, warm place for us. Um, So anyway, we were camping and I somehow had to walk the dogs across the way because Venny would not shut the (laughs) fuck up. Sorry, patrons. God. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, so I've been working on my anger and instead of screaming the M F word when things that go wrong, I, I sort of practiced it myself before I realized it's my new thing. And I basically had one leash on one side of a tree. Everyone's been here. He was a double dog walker. <laughs> Another leash on the other side of the tree. Then they cross and you're literally a tree hugger at this point. <laughs> And like, you're, what are you going to do? Someone's like, legs wrapped up in their own leash. And yes. so if they run, they're going to decapitate their leg. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to delegitate themselves. God. And so I stood there hugging the tree. And I'm not kidding. I was literally wrapped my arms around the tree and the dogs were just lost and confused. And out of my mouth comes the phrase. Well, this is interesting. (laughs) And I had this huge epiphany. I think it's all the Byron Katie stuff I'm listening to. Mm -hmm. She's the one I mentioned on another podcast that has you ask those questions. And, you know, basically our thoughts are what we start to believe. And they're the things holding us captive. So you have to ask yourself all the time. Is this true? Well, the answer to that was, yeah, it's true. I am hugging a tree. But I think all of that work is helping me a little bit because it only worked once that day. Mm-hmm. But I want to offer that to you guys. When shit is hitting the fan, maybe simply go, well, this is interesting because what it does, it's sort of obvious sarcasm, but it immediately made me start laughing. It yeah. brought humor to the situation <laughs> because I was like, all I want to do is just drop the F-bomb 42 times but it doesn't really make me feel better. So why not laugh my ass off that I, there's nothing I can do at this moment except continue to hug the tree. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I think that that is a beautiful observation and it goes back to what we talked about a few episodes ago with my colleague friend, Lindsay, and the whole idea of be comfortable in your own socks. You know, it's like, it's like I learned with her that weekend alongside my other classmates that like the movement of energy is a good thing. Like whatever the energy is moving it and balancing it and restoring it and allowing it to flow and all of that. Yay. Energy movement. Okay. Like that's really, really great. And sometimes it's really, really important to let go of really strong energies. And it doesn't always have to be through like the gnashing of teeth. It doesn't always have to be through like blood, sweat and tears and like tearing your clothes and life is so hard. It's like sometimes you just got to laugh and it's so much fun to take a situation like that, that makes you want to say the F-bomb 14 times and to go, well, this is interesting. Like, that's hilarious. Like, that's so <laughs> much fun. <laughs> and it's uh, like, if the dog were to do the thing that my dogs have almost done a million times before too and delegitate themselves, it's like <laughs> that also would be interesting. Like, it would be very sad it and it would cause for like trauma and drama and emergency vet care and stuff like that. And at the same time, it would be like, have you ever seen a dog's leg amputated by a leash me either this is interesting <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly like like i think that is truly just choosing to be present like here i am face to this bark well i haven't seen bark this close in a while and i know it sounds freaking like you're at a shrink and they're shrinking you but in reality i am so 
tired of the bad feelings that come along with my anger. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I just, it, it feels like I'm stuck in quicksands because I'm just so pissed. And so, and it's like, obviously there's more under the anger. There's like frustration or hurt or, you know, the being triggered and all of that stuff. And it's like, I don't know. I think at this point you either choose you know how you, there's a lot of, there's some old bitter people. Hmm. I think there comes a point in your life where you either believe the world is against me or the world is for me. Hmm. And that's very dualistic. So those of you who, who are offended by that, sorry, there's probably a gray in there somewhere. Yeah. But I, I want to believe that the universe is for me. Yeah. And the universe is for you. And, and if you boil it down to, you know, the universe and the course of nature just happening, like it's going to happen, it's like all things just are right. And yeah. all things are ultimately working for our good. And that includes the whole like life and death and, and all of that. And if you, if you, you know, zeroed in from like a Christian perspective, it's like, you know, the Lord is always working for the good of those who love him. Right. And so that's kind of like saying the same thing. It's like, ultimately these things that are happening are for your good. And so while it was frustrating that your dogs had you literally hugging a tree, <laughs> you recognized growth in yourself in that moment. And that was good. Like that yeah. was really awesome. And it made me think of <laughs> when you told me last week, speaking of uncomfortable things um did you truly cough up your throat chakra <laughs> something happened man i okay did i yeah i just text you that and listen y'all know like i i mean i seriously thought something happened so i got coughing and i coughed so hard that it this is disgusting but this is this is the truth it felt like there was like a weird little pebble that came up out of my throat. Now it wasn't actually in my mouth, so it didn't, nothing came up, but I looked at Sarah and I was like, we were in the car, I think. And then I texted you and I was like, I think my throat chakra just was cleared. At first I thought I coughed it up and then I was like, <laughs> I don't think it moves. <laughs> But what got me excited is we, the three of us had a conversation in the past week and the details aren't for everyone because they're for us. But one of the things we talked about is leveling up, which sounds very success oriented. But what we meant about that was like being, making sure that we are clearing the path for our most authentic selves. I mean, that's what we talk about on this podcast and so it was interesting because we had just kind of had that conversation last week and immediately that's what happened in my body is I felt like something in my throat got out of the way is the best way I can explain that. Hmm. That's beautiful. And it, it reminds me of a couple of things. I remember um, during the thick of COVID, I remember um, meeting my bodywork therapist out at the park a lot. And she was telling me at one point in time that she had passed a kidney stone. And she said, 
but you know, it was a very painful experience and, you know, she told me a whole story around it, which was really cool. Um, but one of the things that really stuck with me was that she really believed that all of the stuff that she's been working on, like in her own therapeutic process and all of that, that all the stuff that needed to just get out, like condensed itself into that kidney stone and it left her body. And if Whoa, you study it all, the, the, you know, energy flows, particularly of the urinary bladder meridian, that is the meridian that helps things move in and out of the body and it balances the energies of the body. And so I felt like her description of that was really beautiful. And I think that you experienced something really similar and how cool, like how cool of your body to do something that it knows it needed and it meant something symbolically to you. Like, thank you, throat chakra. I agree. It's interesting because I have coughed that hard since and I still feel like, and again, nothing gross is actually coming up, but there, uh, it just goes back to like, it's all happening, right? Like it's the, when you talked about even that Bible verse of like, um, what is it? All things work together for the good yeah. of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Oh, great. Um, it reminds me of, and I believe that too, let me say that. But, you know, we always talk about in different traditions, like I'm just starting to scratch the surface of the Wu Wei. And, um, you know, the whole idea in the in Eastern traditions, or at least Buddhism, as I understand it, is sort of getting into the river and letting, letting, you know, just letting go, mm-hmm. like letting it be Yeah, all the things that we talk about. And, uh, it's interesting when you believe that, which is the same idea of like the universe being for you, a lot of things start, uh, well, for me, I'm noticing I am that releasing that control. And we got a voicemail from Jess in Maryland that I I want to put here because I want to intentionally share with you and Sarah something that sparked something in me. She talks about in this voicemail, and I want to play it, but the soul moving through the body. And it stopped me in my tracks when I heard it. So I would love to play this and then... I also want to put a spotlight on Kat around something she says. Hi, friends. It's Jessica from Maryland. I have been meaning to call so many times and it just hasn't worked out. And today I'm finally calling. I have to write notes now so that I don't forget what I want to say. (laughs) So I'm not going to post them like uh, Moose did on the Zoom. (laughs) Anyway, um, Miss Mary Mack. Miss Mary Mac Ryan, has anyone brought this up? I can't have been the first one to do this, <laughs> but this is at least the third time that I have heard Kat mention her Aunt Mary Mac. And all I can think of is Miss Mary Mac, 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 all dressed in black, 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 with silver buttons, 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 all down her back, back, back. She you know how that goes with the clapping, hand clapping game. I know that we're all in a close age range, so you have to remember that. And that brought me back to the inner child, Moose, 
loved that activity. I followed along with you all, and I felt that connection of that bliss childhood and my childhood self telling me that I'm right where I'm supposed to be, which was so wonderful because I finally feel like I'm really reconnecting with that self of mine. And that leads me to Kat and how gifted you are and how beautiful that guidance that you took producer Sarah through in her body to connect with what she needs and what Bella needs and what they need with each other. It was so beautiful. And it reminded me of what I'm going through right now, too, as far as my journey of going into my body. And what I'm learning right now is, and I'm really connecting with right now, is that the reason why our bodies know what we need is because it's the body that the soul expresses itself through. So I've been really working on connecting with my soul, touching base with my soul, really feeling into my soul and letting my soul guide me through my body. And I think that's all I have to say about that for now. It's a beautiful experience. And I think it's going to resonate. And I look forward to connecting with you again and hearing from you. And um, I just love all of your podcasts. Thank you so much for your gifts that you all share with us. And, oh, Producer Sarah, congratulations on your RV. I'm so excited that you are living your dream and enjoying it and that all of you are. So. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. My gosh. You guys. I mean, Jessica has to be a two. She included all three of us. So great. I, Je- I'm calling you Jess because we're friends. Um, okay. First of all, I want to interview you because I'm fascinated with what you said. It makes total sense to me that our soul is being expressed through our body. And that makes me as someone who is always very rough on my body. That sounded weird. It sure um, did. God help us. Me, what are you, okay, what are you I, doing over there, Moose? <laughs> as someone who uh, is mentally negative towards my body, that idea is something that I it feels right. And it makes me want to be kinder to myself because my body is easy to criticize, but I would never criticize my soul. Damn. So I want to interview her, you guys, because like I want to hear more. And I know she said, that's all I have to say about it right now, but maybe since she's recorded that she has more to say. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and I bet she does. And she um, has already told me that she would be willing to be interviewed by us. Um, and um, just so you guys know, our interview series is going to continue. We get to hear from Kathy from Australia on a very special day. It's the 26th. We are going to be releasing that on January 26th, which is Australia day. And we're going to release it on January 26th, Australia time, which is pretty amazing because we're awesome. <laughs> Um, um, it, it makes me think that, um, we've talked about, um, in our podcast planning meeting this week, which was one of my favorite nights of my entire life, 
we've talked about having our interview series on um, either side of the winter solstice. So I'm really excited about that. So we think what we're going to do, you guys, is we're going to, we're going to collect and record and enjoy interviews with you um, for kind of the winter season of the year. And um, we're really looking forward to that. So um, coming up soon, we've got Kathy from Australia. We've got the most brilliant and wonderful Margaret Becker from right here in Nashville. Um, Tori, we are scheduling a time with you soon to talk and we have a few more folks um, that we're going to talk to in this interview series. And Jessica, thank you for calling in and thank you for saying all of that. And I, I had to go into like a deep professor cat rabbit hole because of your voicemail. So the whole like, Hey, do you know the children's rhyme? Miss Mary Mac, 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 all dressed in black, 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 silver buttons, buttons, buttons down her back, back, back. I had never heard that before. You haven't? I had never I before her voice. I cannot mail. believe that. Yeah, no. I thought it was silver curtains down her back. Silver curtains down her back? What would that look like? I, I have no idea, but that's what I sing. And I have absolutely... We sing that as kids. I think that when we sang that as kids, I think must have been when I was living in Germany growing that's what up. I was because say. like, I just, I, d- I had no exposure um, to that rhyme. And so I did a deep dive on it. And do you know the origins of this thing? No, please tell us. Okay. It's so cool. So there are several, um, kind of, uh, what is it called? Like legends around it. Wives tales. Like I'm not finding the right word, but you know what I mean? Fables. Fables. Uh, Yeah, sure. Urban legends. Urban legends suggest that Mary Mack was someone who died on the Titanic. So there's that. Um, Not not much. That makes sense with the curtains. It would explain the curtains because the Titanic undoubtedly had silver curtains that went down people's backs. Absolutely. Thank you. And, um, the, the legend that I found the most interesting is that it developed or it, it, it rose up as a, um, a song of the slaves that was like kind of, you know, how slaves sang spirituals to like, you know, beckon their freedom and stuff like that. Well, supposedly this rhyme was used as a way to communicate information in a way that wasn't super obvious. And so, for example, when it would say something like, like Mary Mac, Mac, Mac is dressed in black, 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 silver buttons, buttons, buttons down her back, back, back. Mary Mac was a, um, not, what's the opposite of the Confederacy? The Northern people. Union? Yes! Thank you, Lord! The Union had a ship called the Merrimack, M-E-R-R-I-M-A-C-K, that had, it was this very stately ship that was used to fight the Confederacy, and it had silver like metal beams like all along the side of it and so basically like the rhyme was talking about how the Merrimack all dressed in black because the boat was black and it had these silver metal things on the sides of it which were the silver buttons 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 going down her back 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 the next verse says she asked her mom for 50 cents 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 etc cetera, etc cetera. and then basically she asked her mom for 50 cents so that she could watch elephants jump the fence and elephants refers to the early days of the Republican Party when right. Abraham Lincoln Whoa. 
in the whole like emancipation proclamation and stuff like that. So this whole rhyme tells this beautiful story in a very artful form. And I just found that to be neat as shit. Like I thought it was the coolest thing. It is really cool. I still think it should say silver buttons, buttons, buttons down her side. Because if it was on the side, it's not her back. But it's art, you know, and artists are weird and they can't ever be super literal or it's just not artsy enough, you know. And so while I was in um, the bottom of my rabbit hole of Miss Mary Mac, thank you, Jess, so much for sending me on hours of research. um, I found a used bookstore online and I found this book. So cool. So So this is a book by Alexander G.J. And he says, um, we've all heard the clapping game song by children all over the world, but who exactly was Mary Mack and was, and what were those silver buttons taking historical fiction to an all new level? Alexander GJ takes you back to time to New York city in the early 19th century to the world of Mary Elizabeth white, an eccentric British born socialite who rubbed elbows with some of the most powerful families in the world. She was also a suffragette opera singer, pianist, formidable fencer, and is rumored to have lived in a lighthouse on fifth Avenue. Wow. When the RMS Lusitania is sunk by the Germans, it sets into motion a series of magical events connecting Mary Mack's fate to the oncoming war, as well as a tragic accident at a circus in 1897 involving elephants and a little American girl whose own world gets turned upside down. What is Mary's connection to the American girl? And is she a part of her father's tragic past? Whoa. Okay. Can you tell us the title again? The book title is Mary and I, the real story of Miss Mary Mack. Is that true or is that a novel? It is a historical fiction. Why are her eyes glowing? Yeah. Is she a ghost? You guys, mm-hmm. I don't read, as you well know, and I'm going to mm-hmm. read this book. <laughs> so cool. I want a bio like hers. Oh, yeah. Where it says that you're a suffragette, opera singer, pianist, formidable fencer, and rumored to have lived in a lighthouse on Fifth Avenue. I mean, come on, Mary Mack. (laughs) That is so cool. So thank you, Jess, for sending us um, or sending me Professor Cat on that uh, total rabbit hole adventure. It was real fun. And I can't wait to read this book and tell you about it in seven years when I finish it. It is (laughs) only 183 pages long. And that for me will probably take about as long as it took me to read Fun Home by Alison Bechtel. And that was a uh, graphic novel that I think took me six months to read. That was only like a hundred pages long. So, okay. I was listening to a new podcast that Netflix put out and they referenced fun home as one of the best things that impacted their life. And I thought mm. that was the same graphic novel that you had read. Mm-hmm. Really, really fantastic book. Like I had oh. never even heard of such a thing. And I haven't given you my copy. Have I? No. Yeah. Thank I really you want you guys to read it. It's so good. Hey, do you have my phone number memorized? Yes. Okay. But that's because I've known you for longer than we had cell phones that stored things. <laughs> right. Well, I realized today when we were trying to log into one of the, the apps where we listen to you guys' voicemails when you call us and stuff, you said, hey, the phone number associated with the app is my phone number. And I thought, how many phone numbers do I have memorized besides Moose's? And I think that I have five 
phone numbers memorized. Yours is one of them. Um, Mm -hmm. My mom's is one of them, but my mom's is kind of a cheat because half of her phone number spells out the word swim. It's seven, nine, four, six. So like I have like a double helper, like memory thing with my mom. So it's like, okay, I've got yours. I've got my mom's, I've got my sister's memorized, but I get it wrong because it's got a lot of sixes and nines and sevens and I get them transposed. And so then it's like, I'm calling like the wrong people when I try to actually like dial my sister's phone number. And I have the phone number of a radio station in Houston, Texas, God Listens, KSBJ, I have their main phone number memorized in my brain. Can you help me get it out? No, I can't. Th- those are the things that um, I can't help with. <laughs> <laughs> because they're probably in my brain as well. <laughs> Well, it just kind of made me wonder, like somebody like my nephew who got a cell phone for his 10th birthday. Isn't that insane? It is insane. It makes me wonder, is he ever going to know somebody's phone number? You know, it's kind of sad. Why not talk about sad? Sure. Um, (laughs) After my mom passed away, my sister had bought my mom's condo to live in and didn't need the landline anymore. And that was like a really hard thing for us to give up because she had that for so many years and it was that was always the phone number I would dial when I was calling home you know Mm -hmm. I feel the same my dad disconnected his I think it was like two or three years ago and I was like why (laughs) and he's like I don't use it and I'm like but how will I call home it's like the thing that connected us home yeah Yeah. I don't know his phone number now well it's it's that is cool to hear you guys' experience because I don't have a similar feeling because we moved around. My mom loves to say Uh. that we moved 18 times in 17 years when you guys were kids. And it's true. Like we moved around a lot because my dad was in the the military and then in the government. And um, I think the reason that, that I haven't felt that kind of break of like, Oh, the, the landline is that when we got my mom's cell phone for her, like 20 years ago, we made sure that the last four, digits of her cell phone were the same as our landline because our landline we chose because my mom was a swimming instructor. So the last four numbers are SWIM. So, um, so maybe that's why I don't feel as much of a, a disconnection with the, the home line. And I hope I never do. (laughs) Great. Kat at the, uh, at the planning meeting, somehow we got laughing hysterically about, um, some of the things that we did as like little bitty baby teenager Christians that <laughs> at the time in the culture, like it was a very like, um, around music specifically, it was like, oh my God, you have to get rid of your secular music because <laughs> you're only allowed to listen to Christian music. And I actually wrote down in my notes one of your quotes from that <laughs> night. And I just have to share it because so many people are going to get this. Okay. You said I killed 90 sea turtles because <laughs> I wasn't allowed to listen to Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell us what that means? Yes, I can tell you what it means. I actually shared that with my therapist this week. <laughs> because <laughs> Maybe that's why it was fresh in your yeah, mind. It was fresh in my mind. And my therapist and I had a whole conversation about how when she was in high school, which this happened for me when I was in college, but um, when she was in high school, she said that she also destroyed all of her secular CDs in a bonfire. 
You know, oh, she like had so this common. like kind of Jesus freak season where it was like secular music must be destroyed. And so she burnt all of her CDs in a bonfire. And I said, I said, well, my situation was that I went with my friend who led me to Christ. We went down to the Gulf of Mexico down on off of like 30A or something. And um, I took all of my secular CDs. So basically you know, all the music that I loved, like Sarah McLaughlin, Mazzy Star, and Tom Petty and, and just oh, you know, yeah. Wilson Phillips and all that kind of stuff. And I chucked all of my <laughs> CDs in their C D cases. I chucked them into the ocean. And I was like, This is my surrender to you, Lord that I no longer have any like soul ties to this secular music. And what I said to you guys is that I feel like I'm probably responsible for, for killing 90 sea turtles because like, you know, that like round thing in the CD packaging where like the disc like fits on the tray. It's like, it's like when you cut up the, the things that wrap soda cans, you know, it's like, you don't want to kill the sea creatures because of our Americanized trash. And I've thrown Sarah McLaughlin's entire catalog into the ocean. Like I have killed so many turtles and I don't, I don't know how to redeem myself. I I don't know what to do about it. And I rebought the whole damn catalog anyway. (laughs) There's probably some like a coastal worker that came about a week later just like what in the flip is this and they're just like raking cds off the shoreline no i'll tell you what they said they said effing christians again Again. yeah because you must not have been the only one because i i remember (laughs) this is so insane to me by the way i mean (laughs) that we must it's such a jacked up way to see our faith that we must sacrifice art mm. because it's not holy enough. Like, think about that. Like, what if holiness and and worth and value and all that is in everything? Right. But it's just so messed up. But anyway, I remember people taking like the, <laughs> those rubber um, mallets and just crushing their stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> what in the hell is wrong with you? What you just crushed hundreds of dollars of music right. that is like incredible art that we all know you bought again yeah. 10 years later. Right. And it's like, go back and listen, because I've gone through this exercise. So if you're in the place where you are crushing your secular CDs, first of all, you're not listening because you couldn't handle this podcast <laughs> if that's the place that you were in. Um, Fair enough. Or they're curious enough to be like, ooh, <laughs> we're, we're, like, we're like their big sin of the week. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, this week I listened to Cat and Moose. What, what is life like on the other side of, of this yeah. season? <laughs> And, and surely we can create a tutorial for them if they need a step-by-step. <laughs> Only for patrons. Okay, here's how you destroy all your stuff. You go down to Brownsville Revival down in Florida, and then you leave the Brownsville Revival after you've been slain in the spirit for the seventh time. And then you drive to the beach and you throw your CDs into the water. And then you realize a decade later, you're listening through to Sarah McLaughlin's song, Sweet Surrender, that I would swear where is her talking about her salvation experience okay <laughs> oh that's a whole other thing i would listen to Sinead o'connor like i was obsessed with Sinead o'connor like post high school 
And um, I was convinced as well that there is a song in there called... Um, I've always said I want it at my wedding. Bless my heart. It's called it's Nothing called- Compares to You, God. <laughs> no. nothing compared everything that was a love song you made it about jesus because you thought that that was your way of like saying it's okay for me to listen to mainstream music i remember this artist and you guys both know this person i remember her telling me (laughs) that she loved natalie and brugley's song torn yeah um i'm already torn It, it says yeah I'm so out of faith. I'm lost in fear. Da, 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 something lying like that. Naked on I'm the lying floor. naked on the floor. And so she <laughs> and her family changed the lyrics yes. so that they could listen to it. So they would say, I am full of faith. I don't have any fear. I am fully clothed on the floor. Like they like totally, <laughs> I promise. This is I an mean, artist you work with, Miss. Oh. <laughs> Oh, now I got to know who it is. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I hope that there are people that did not grow up in the South because I experienced this not in my own family, but at like churches that we would attend. I I thought the whole thing was batshit crazy. Personally, (laughs) I was like, why am I? I spent my own personal money working at McDonald's to buy these tapes and CDs. Why would I crush them? Um, But I remember a friend of mine, her dad was my trig teacher in high school and he had to give me a ride and nobody else was in the car except he and I, and he looks at me and they were very conservative Christian. Um, and he looks at me and said, promise you won't tell anyone that I listen to the country station when nobody's in the car. And I go, no. And he turned it up. This was like a buttoned up guy. You can that, tell my like, heart. My achy breaky yeah, heart. I, I, I just I don't think you'd understand. Damn. I have never heard someone sing that loud. In my, I never would have pictured him singing anything. And he turned into, a, and I thought, you got to hide from your own damn family in regards to the music you like? You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. Do you guys remember that Reba song that it was about um, an affair? And she sang it with Linda Davis. Does he love you? Like he loves me. Does he think of you? To the eighth floor, I didn't know if I should open the door, but I did because I was in the mood for love. <laughs> Thank you, Reva. <laughs> producer Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Cat and Moose is a BP production.